0: Though our bodies will be changed, they'll be similar. Though spiritual, we'll still have the capability of thoughts, of mind, of being able to see. They'll be similar, but they'll not be earthbound. We will be an image of Christ, image of the heavenly man. So we'll have a body that, if we could say, that we'll put on that heavenly spacesuit That will allow us to be in the heavenlies, not bound to this earth will be transformed, will be changed according to Paul.
1: Now, here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. All
0: right, all that stuff out of the way. Let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 15, looking at verses 50 through 58. I've spent the last two weeks covering 49 verses 1 Corinthians 15 and I've left us nine to deal with today and so we have less verses in the context of our passage but they are just tremendous talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ touching on the rapture of the church, talking about as he has been doing in First Corinthians talking about, the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, also those who have risen into heaven's glory, or will one day, those of us who believe, will be caught up into heaven's glory if we are alive and remain upon this earth when the Lord Jesus returns again. So two weeks ago, I had mentioned here in 1 Corinthians 15 that this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It is just packed full of great stuff. Not that every chapter in the Bible is, has good things in it, of course. You can debate about the genealogy listings uh, there in the Old Testament in Numbers. If you find a favorite passage there reading through names of people that you can barely pronounce the names nor are they ever mentioned again in Scripture. If that is for you, that's great. (laughs) If that's what you get into, great. But I really like 1 Corinthians 15 because Paul begins it with a dynamic presentation of the gospel itself. He teaches about the necessity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that Jesus has authority over all things, and the importance of our witness, our being, transformed one day into the image of Christ and he discussed as we look at today the final victory that Jesus has over death so the title that I gave to this passage I always almost always pull my titles right from scripture itself today we're looking at in a moment and a twinkling of an eye first Corinthians 15 verses 50 through 58 I broke it into three points The mystery of the rapture, verses 50 through 53. Christ, our victory, verses 54 through 57. And while we wait, in verse 58. I'm going to go ahead, it's nine verses. I'll go ahead and read the context and get into the teaching of God's word. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then it shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we begin here in verses 50 through 53, looking at the mystery of the rapture, although he doesn't use that term rapture. I'll explain that in a few minutes. He begins in verse 50 saying, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Last week, I ended my message saying, just as we have physically been born into the image of our forefather, Adam, those who place their faith in Christ will one day bear the image of the heavenly man, Jesus. Now, I base this from 1 Corinthians fifteen forty nine, which says, And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, speaking about Adam, the first man, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, which refers to, of course, Jesus Christ. To bear the image of Jesus, we must change. And this change is not merely an inward change of our hearts. Of course, that takes place through faith in Jesus Christ. It is also a physical change from the physical to the spiritual as our sin-corrupted bodies must take on incorruption. Our mortal bodies must become immortal. Paul reveals the necessity of this change saying that as flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Flesh and blood cannot. There has to be a change. Jesus spoke a little bit about the necessity of salvation to Nicodemus when he, Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night. We have a little bit of that correspondence found in John 3, verses 3 through 8, where Jesus answered Nicodemus, saying, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit, just as in our physical birth, being born of water, speaking about that physical birth, it was nothing of our doing. Did you hear that news story last year where a man sued his parents for being born He wanted to blame his, this was an adult male in his 30s. Apparently, mom and dad wanted to kick him out of the basement. I don't know, something was going on. He said, I didn't ask to be born, so you need to support me for the rest of my life. I'm suing you to take care of me. Well, it's true. None of us asked to be born. That was something that was not of our own doing, but spiritual birth is in a similar way. That which is born of the Spirit, it is a spiritual work, God's Spirit working in our lives, and it is a gift of God. All we need to do is to respond by faith to the Spirit's work in our life that the Lord might bring us into a a complete man, a complete woman, complete boy, complete girl that our whole spirit, soul, and body might be aligned with God's triunity, that we might worship him. This is more than just a change of how we conduct ourselves in this world. For Paul tells us that in order for us to take up residency in heaven, we must be transformed. Our corrupt body must take on incorruption. In Second. Corinthians 5 1 he says for we know that if this earthly house this tent is destroyed we have a building from God a house not made with hands eternal in the heaven now he goes on to speak about the timing of the change he says behold I tell you verses 51 through 53 I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption; this mortal must put on immortality. He tells a mystery in the Greek. When it speaks about a mystery here in the Bible, it speaks about something that is revealed that had not yet been known. So it's a revelation from God through the Holy Spirit to the church, something that had been hidden, though hinted at in scripture, it had been hidden up to this point. Paul reveals this mystery of God. It is a truth that is actually beyond human understanding, but has now been made known by the revelation of God. And the mystery that the Holy Spirit revealed through Paul in this portion of Scripture is about the necessity of believers being changed from corruption to incorruption, from mortality to immortality. It's not only found here in the New Testament, though. We discover that there was this hope in the Old Testament as well. Perhaps one of the oldest portion of written Scripture is the book of Job. And Job said in Job 19.26, he said, After my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold him and not another. Oh, how my heart yearns within me. At that point in Job's life, his flesh had been attacked by Satan. He had boils and wounds All over his body, so severe that he took broken pottery and sat in ashes and just scraped at his skin. He was asking God, I wish I'd never been born. And it's amazing to me in Job 19.26, he says, After my skin is destroyed, basically after this physical body has been destroyed, after I die, in my flesh I shall see God. God. My eyes shall behold him. Job had a hope of the resurrection, that one day, though this earthly tent may die, one day he would see God face to face. Paul said, we shall all be changed. And here's an interesting thing. The Greek word that's based, when we get the term changed from here, it is a word that's based off the word of another, Alas is the Greek word that speaks of something of another kind. There's two Greek terms used in the scripture. And this word here for changed is just a a expanded use of the word of alas. Alas means to be changed of the similar kind. And then there's another Greek word, heteros, that means another of a different kind. So we shall be changed, but it's another of the same kind. We well, still, I believe it's inferring too, that. Though our bodies will be changed, they'll be similar. Though spiritual, will still have the capability of thoughts, of mind, of being able to see. They'll be similar, but they'll not be earthbound. We will be an image of Christ, the image of the heavenly man. So we'll have a body that, if we could say that, we'll put on that heavenly spacesuit that will allow us to be in the heavenlies, not bound to this earth, will be transformed, will be changed, according to Paul. In Hebrews 1, verses 10 through 12, it tells us, You, Lord, in the beginning, laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will grow old like a garment, like a cloak you will fold them up, And they will be changed. But you are the same and your years will not fail. Even the earth itself one day will be changed. But God continues forever. We shall be changed. And he says in a moment. This Greek word. uh, I believe it's where we get our word Adam from. Because the Greek word is "adamos." So it literally means Something that is indivisible. Something that cannot be divided in two. And so the thought, in a moment, something that's indivisible. You can't even split it. Again, the Greek word atom, the whole atom bomb, the splitting of the bomb. Something that probably never should have been attempted by man. The splitting of the atom. Something that's indivisible. It shall be in a moment. It shall also be in a a twinkling Uh, It just means a quick action. It could refer to that of a hurling um, a spear through the air, the rush of the wind. But here he connects that twinkling to the eye, a twinkling of eye, uh, just a glimmer in the eye itself. He speaks about really the slightest minute moment of time. This rapid change that Paul refers to here is not. Concerning the dead in Christ, they already sleep. But those who are living when Jesus returns for his church. On that day, Jesus will come for his church, according to 1 Thessalonians 4.16. He'll come with a shout, with the voice of an arched angel, with the trumpet of God. And those, though not a visible return of Christ, Jesus will retrieve his church before the onset of the great tribulation. The church will not go through the tribulation because, again, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 1.10 that Jesus is he who delivers us from the wrath to come. It does not mean, though, that believers will not go through difficult times. We're doing it right now. We're all going through probably one of the greatest trials our country, our world has seen in Decades, if not centuries. But we will be transformed, will be changed. Well, I had titled this portion concerning the mystery of the rapture. Harpazo is the Greek word that's referred to as this snatching up that the Lord will We'll be caught up, we'll be snatched up. It's actually a word that literally means to be caught away by force. We'll have no choice. Jesus will just catch us up, herpazo. When they translated the Latin Vulgate, translating the Greek into the Latin language, they translated the Greek word herpazo, that means to be snatched away or caught up, to raptus, which we today get our word English word rapture from. First Thessalonians four seventeen and 18 says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be harpazo, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Paul teaches of the rapture that it will take place in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. And when Jesus comes for his church, the believers who are still alive, we will be changed. We'll be changed from corruption to incorruption, from mortality to immortality. Because our victory is in Christ. It is Christ our victor. In verses 54 through 57. In verse 54, we find that death is swallowed up. So when this Corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Only those who have received Jesus Christ as their Savior will find this victory over death. It'll be at a time of the trumpet sound that the believers who are still living will put off their corruptible bodies their body of corruption in order to put on incorruption they'll put off this mortal body that we might put on immortality at this very moment all death will be swallowed up in victory and this is a truth concerning the swallowing up of death that's taught both in the new and the old testaments in isaiah 25:8 isaiah wrote And he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away every tear from all faces. And the rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. The Lord has spoken this. The Lord has spoken this. That we will be caught up. That we will be changed. That death will be swallowed up forever. This is not the opinion of man. This is what the Lord God himself has said. On that day, death will be swallowed up forever. Jesus will also wipe away those tears. He will take away the rebuke of his people. In that day, all sin that is brought upon mankind, upon creation, will be reversed during the millennial reign of Christ. It will kind of be for the Christian. It will kind of be for you tracky fans. A beam me up Scotty moment not going to say it's going to be just like that but without our knowing it in a moment of the twinkling of the eye we find today that the lord will come for his church right now the church is separated in many ways we find that there are those of the church that have already uh, laid to their rest they're already in heaven they're already with jesus we also find the church today is meeting at various points throughout the world but also we find one day that Jesus Christ will catch up his church together with, to be with him in the air forever. And this is to be a great comfort for the Lord's church, knowing that those who have died and that those who have remained, that we are not excluded from the plans that the Lord has for us. May it be that we will hear the voice of the Lord shouting with a voice of an archangel with the trump of God, perhaps the Lord will come for his elect and we might hear the multitude of the voices of heaven singing along with him. Maybe the Lord will come with archangels like Michael or Gabriel shouting the trumpet of God, sending forth its trumpets call. It doesn't matter how the Lord comes for us. If he comes for us one by one, or in a mass exodus as we know called the rapture, We are to find comfort knowing that the Lord is coming. And He's coming for His bride. And when He comes, His church will be with Him forever. So, the cry of the church then, as Paul cries out here in verses 55 through 57 O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ? O oh, death. As I read this Greek word all week, he actually personified death. It's Thanatos in the Greek. Thanatos. Those who have been watching the Marvel movies, Thanos, Death, He comes. Thanatos, that of death. It speaks about the separation of the soul from the body, literally speaking about the separation of a man's physical being from the spiritual part of man. Also, he personifies Hades here. Hades simply means that region of the departed spirits. In the Old Testament, it's referred to as shield. In the Old Testament, death, when applied to the plants, animals, it means the end of life. But when it's used of human beings, death is not the end of life. The Bible teaches us that man is more than just a physical creature. He's also a spiritual being. For humans, physical death does not mean the end of our existence, but a transition from one dimension to another. That we might either exist in hell and Hades in the lake of fire forever and ever, or to be with God in the heavenlies. But it doesn't mean an end of our existence, but merely a transformation that will take place. We pray, Lord, that you'd work in our midst through the power of your Holy Spirit. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ.